Good morning, everyone. Those who don't know me, my name is Kirsty, married to Pads here. And uh, just so that you know, for small children or any children, the creche is actually open. If you want to use the creche, you're absolutely welcome. And then Lynn is going to take the um, sort of school age children out for about 10 minutes after. <laughs> after this hopefully interactive preach, so that means you're also taking part in it, it's not just me. And um, they're also, if you want to come back in again for Holy Communion, then please do either go and collect your children or you're welcome to keep them here, you know, in here with you. Whatever suits you, it's, uh, it's whatever suits. But we thought they might have quite a lot of energy by the time they've finished listening to me, so they might need to go and run it off a bit. So let's pray before we begin and look at this passage. Lord, we thank you that you are good, that you are God, that you are our healer. We thank you for your word and we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Would you come and speak to each one of us this morning in Jesus' name? Amen. So the passage that Johnny just read, uh, I don't know if anyone's following me in the Bible, but it's on page 1038, chapter 9. And when Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal those who were ill. But interestingly enough, he told them to take nothing for the journey. So I want you just for a moment to think about what it would be like to go on a journey with nothing. I want to imagine you're going on a journey, and actually, I'll let you choose one thing that you can take on your journey. So just chat to your neighbor. Children, just chat maybe to the person, other adults with you, and decide that one thing that you would take on a journey. You've got two minutes to decide on one thing. What would I take? Um... I want to say phone a book. You want to say a book? A book. I'd take a book. What type of book? What type of book? I would take a nice, interesting story book or something like that to keep me up. That's what I would take. Obviously, I wouldn't be driving the bike. So uh, that's what I would take. Something interesting. Past time of day, if I got to. Okay, excellent, excellent. So does anybody want to share the one thing that they would take on their journey? Who would like to share? Go on, Mackenzie. Your teddy bear squidge, right? That's an excellent thing to take on your journey. What would you take, Lucas? All, all of us. Have, yeah, I've had oh, you, you three, not all of us. No, uh, oh, you just take the three of you. Okay. Emma, no, Emma would take the medication. I'll take a card and she'll have the money. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Right, okay. So you've got the money, Lynn. Well, that's good. Anyone else want to share what they'd take? Right, coming around here. What would you take on a journey? Water. Water. Wow, that's very important to take water. What would anyone else take? Anyone else want to share what they'd take on their journey? 
Sarah, what would you take on a journey? I'd take light, either candle or torch. Very practical. Oh, what are you going to say? Is this going to be very theological? A good pair of walking boots. <laughs> right. A good pair of walking boots. What would you take? My teddy bear. Your teddy bear. Excellent. Very important. Right. Well done, everyone. Oh, Scarlett, what would you take? You're going to run up here. I have to walk around the church. Food. Food. Excellent. Azaria? I would take my sister and my mum. You take your sister and your mum. Oh, that's lovely. Well done. Well, lots of interesting things. Well, they weren't allowed to take anything at all. And I suppose um, if I was going to be very spiritual, I'd say that I would uh, take a Bible with me, the Word of God. But it's probably more likely that I'd take my mobile phone. I suppose the Bible is on the mobile phone. But it's probably more likely I'd take the mobile phone. But why do you think that they weren't allowed to take anything with them. Why would Jesus call his 12 disciples together? This is the first time that they have been out on a mission. They've watched Jesus. He's, they've lived with him. They've seen the miracles he's performed. He's taught them about the kingdom of God. And now he's sending them out. We hear actually in a different account, in Mark's account, that he sends them out in twos, and there's 12 of them, but they're not allowed to take anything with them. Absolute nothing at all. Why do you think he would do that? Does anybody want to offer an answer as to why Jesus might do that? What do you think, Jane? So they could be dependent on God. Absolutely. I think that's a really good answer. So they can be dependent on God, that they would trust God to provide for everything that they need. And I think also, too, it's about being obedient. When God tells us to do something, we need to obey him. And so, yes, there they all, they're all going off out, and they're told, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, sorry, no money, no extra shirt. And then they're told, whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. And if people do not welcome you, When you leave the town, you are to shake off the dust off your feet. Shake the dust off your feet. What does that mean? Maybe it's a little bit like washing your hands of something. Have you heard that expression? When you wash your hands of something. But for the Jewish people who they were going to in the towns, they would have known what that dust was about. Because when a Jewish person in first century, um, in the first century, apparently, when they would visit a town that was not a Jewish town, a Gentile town, before they returned to their home, they would dust off their feet because it was make them unclean, ceremoniously unclean, and they needed to dust it off because they would be carrying, if you like, sin into their home, and they needed to dust it off. But also... It's a warning. And actually, if we look further on, well, I'm looking further on, unless you've got your Bible with you. If we look further on in this chapter in Luke to chapter 10, Jesus sends out the 72. So he sent out the 12. Now he's sending out the 72. The same requirements. You're not allowed to take anything with you. 
And he says to them in chapter 10, when you enter a town and are welcome, eat what is offered, heal those who are ill, and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. And then he goes on to say, but when you enter a town and not welcomed, go into its street and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near you. So when people hear the message of Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the Son of God, that he came to earth, and that he took upon himself, further down the line on the cross, our sins, so that we could be forgiven and set free, so that we could have our relationship with God our Father restored. When you give people that message, if they don't welcome you and they don't want to hear that message, you have done all that God has asked you to do. You've been obedient to his call to be his witness. And you have to leave the rest with him. And I don't know about you, but I have quite often gone on and on and on, thinking, I don't think this person gets it. And it's not actually up to us. We just have to do what Jesus asked us to do. Just like those disciples who were sent out to tell people about the kingdom of God, we are also asked to go out and to tell people the good news about Jesus and the kingdom of God. But the disciples were given power and authority by Jesus. We are given that power and authority by the Holy Spirit. So there's nothing to stop us doing what those first disciples did. The good news is that we are actually allowed to take something with us for our journey. Because further on in the Gospels, it actually says in... um, Let me just find the right scripture... um, It's in, actually in Luke still, in chapter 22. Jesus says to his disciples, when I sent you out without a purse or bag or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. And this time he tells them as he sends them out that they can take some, their belongings. So we can take something with us for the journey. But that's not the point. The point is when the disciples went out, they had to trust God for everything, that he would provide everything. And he reminds them of that. And they said, we didn't lack for anything. You provided everything we need. And God calls each one of us to go out and to tell people about the kingdom of God. And those disciples went with his power and his authority and they healed people. They delivered people of their demons. And we have that same power and authority. But we don't see a lot of healing and a lot of deliverance. But we have to trust God and walk in faith that he will do that if we believe. I saw a a very um, interesting podcast that I was sent by a chap called Todd White, who was basically an atheist. Thank you, Andrea, for sending it to me. Basically an atheist. And um, anyway, he put his trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and God gave him a real passion for healing, a real passion for healing, that if he prayed and told people about the kingdom of God, he would be healed. He would be used to heal others. Anyway, for three and a half months, he prayed and prayed and prayed. Nothing happened. Absolutely nothing happened. But he believed God. He was obedient to what he felt God had told him through the Holy Spirit. And eventually, he started to see healings. 
Not everyone he prayed for was healed, but just suppose we pray for people and they are healed. Bring it on. Thank you, Andrea. There's also a lovely scripture about, are you prepared to be a fool for Christ? I wonder what that means. Do you feel a bit foolish when you say to people, can I pray for you? And maybe there's something going on in their lives and you pray and it doesn't look like anything seems to be happening. Does that make you feel foolish? Or do you feel responsible that somehow you've got to persuade people that, uh, or somehow you have to apologise if something doesn't happen? But actually, God is so much bigger than all of that. And just like those disciples who he sent out and they had to trust him for everything, he asks us to trust him for everything. We just need to have faith, not in ourselves, but in God, and be prepared to be a fool and just pray for people to be healed. So the, the dust being shaken off their feet was a warning that if you don't believe Jesus, there are, there are consequences. There are consequences to, to our actions. And so the dust was a warning. Just as if we'd sort of washed our hands of things, we've done our job. We have told people about Jesus. We have to leave the rest. We have to leave the rest to Jesus. We have to be obedient and listen to what he asks us to do, even if it makes us feel a bit foolish. I remember when um, I felt that the Lord was asking me to pray for somebody who was blind, and I was absolutely terrified. I wanted to run the opposite direction. But actually, it was a wonderful moment when I actually plucked up the courage to do it. I, couldn't, I didn't have the faith to pray for them to be healed from their blindness, but I just asked if I could pray for them. And uh, the woman burst into tears, and she said, no one's ever prayed for my partner before. She said, I'm not a Christian, but that was just such a lovely thing you did. And we don't know what happens. We just have to trust God to do everything else. And children have an amazing way of being able to pray because they don't have all the things that lock them in or the worries. They're just really open to God and they trust him probably a lot more than we do. Which is why I thought it would be really good to put some of this in practice. Because we read in the final verse of this passage. So they set out and they went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. So, a question for you. Put your hand up if you believe in the power of prayer. Excellent. That's good news, isn't it? Um, And who likes to see answered prayer? That's great. (laughs) The third question. Who believes God can heal today? And who needs healing? Who needs healing? Okay, all the people who say they need healing, you've got to keep your hands up, okay? All the people who need healing, you've got to keep your hands up. Don't put them down. Now, I want the rest of us, we're going to be fairly mobile, the rest of you, children and adults... Go and just stand by that person. Just gather around them, someone behind you, baby in front of you. Just go and stand by that person and just pray in the name of Jesus that they will be healed. Because don't we want to see answered prayer? Wouldn't it be wonderful if people came back and say, well, I'm actually feeling much better or whatever it was. It could be a situation in your life. It could be emotional healing. It could be physical healing. 
So all the hands up, Sarah, you're doing well with your hand up. All those with a hand up, keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. The Lord knows. Keep your hands up. Come on, guys, let's be brave. Let's step out. And just pray that they, you don't need to know any detail necessarily. Just pray in the name of Jesus that they would be healed. Well done, guys. Jesus said in John's Gospel, I will do whatever you ask in my name. We need to hold on to his words, to his promises and to his truth. And we need to trust God and be obedient, just like these 12 disciples were. So I'm now going to invite any children who would like to go out with Lynn. Where is Lynn? Over there. Any children who'd like to go out? Bless you. In the name of Jesus, off you go. And I shall now pass back to my passing back to you or to the worship group go in peace to love and serve the Lord in the name of Christ amen okay